Welcome to Farmers for the Future, a video series introducing you to young and beginner farmers and how they've gotten started in their field. I'm Emma Henning, digital content editor with Successful Farming, and I'm excited to kick off episode two of Farmers for the Future. I'm joined today by my co-host, Rob Sharkey, and our guest today, Lily Beringer. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. Doing great, Emma. Thank you for having us again. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Um, Rob, if you just want to start off introducing yourself and telling everyone a little bit about um, what you do. My name is Rob Sharkey. I am a farmer here in Illinois, raised corn and soybeans. Uh, I also do the Shark Farmer podcast, Shark Farmer Radio, and Shark Farmer TV. Plus, we do the Shark Farmer segments with Successful Farming. So I'm thrilled to be part of this project. Awesome. Well, we're glad you both are here today. Um, Lily, do you want to start off just telling us a little bit about your farming background? Sure. Uh, my name is Lily Beringer. I'm a third generation farmer in Cascade, Iowa. So kind of up in the northeast corner if you're of Iowa, if you're not familiar with that. Um, I'm not fortunate enough yet to be able to farm full time with my family because just welcome the 2020 market. So I also work full time for Purina Animal Nutrition as a beef specialist. So I kind of do the animal nutrition work for feedlot and cow-calf producers, but then I come home and I basically farm full-time with my family too. So I, we raise beef cattle. I have or 60 spring cows for 30 falls as far as calving time throughout the year. And then we also custom feed 500 head of feeder cattle for a different producer. And we have corn and hay and yeah, kind of take, takes it all. <laughs> Lily, is this something you always wanted to do, come back to the farm? Yes, absolutely. I, from a very young age, um, have been out on the farm. My grandpa is probably my main influence and inspiration for what I'm kind of doing. Um, ever since I was two years old, I have just been outside working on the farm from hauling manure, cutting hay, raking, just kind of every anything and everything. Uh, in fact, my punishment when I was younger was if I was in trouble, I had to stay inside. So <laughs> I was always grandpa's little girl attached at the hip and helping him and my dad and my uncle out on the farm. Okay. Now, you tell me about your grandpa though. I mean, was, because sometimes us as farm kids, we thought it was really cool and that we were invaluable when we went out and helped, but probably looking back, uh, we were a uh, pest and a hindrance, but did he ever make you feel like that? Um, no, I, I, so I'm one of 26 grandchildren and my dad is, was the one that farmed with my, my dad, with my grandpa and then my uncle, but my uncle isn't married and doesn't have any kids. So we were always just there and on the farm, you know, that's just kind of how it always worked. And, um, when grandpa was around, we fed mostly all of our own cattle. So we had like a thousand on feed all the time. And so he would just basically go to three to four cattle sales a week, just buying cattle. It was just kind of a continuous rotation all the time. And I was always the one that was with him going to the cattle sales. So, you know, we'd walk in and he'd sit down and everybody's like, oh, you got a little sidekick today. And so uh, he would just pull in and honk his horn. And we always knew grandpa was there. So we'd just run out and do whatever we needed to. So he loved us helping on the farm and especially when I could be there we'd go out and check cows and I'd open the gates for them or you know when he was around and 
when I was there, he was kind of retired. He didn't run the equipment and stuff still. So we always had his big overalls on, you know, he had his jean bibs and he had a little cane. So that's just how it always works. He just would drive around just kind of managing everything. And then we would, I would basically, you know, open the gates room or drive the truck or get the skill order where it needed to be anything he needed to do. That sounds awesome as just having an amazing childhood doing that. Um, It really sounds like your grandpa was a really big influence on you and and wanting to farm. Um, What has your transition been like, you know, coming home to the farm from, I I know you come home, you came home to the family farm um, from college. Um, How long have you been there and what's that transition like being there now full-time with a full-time job? Yeah, it's definitely has been a huge, tremendous change. So um, I guess, so grandpa passed away in 2014. So that's when I was, uh, just graduating high school. And so that was for one, one transition because then, you know, it was kind of my dad had to step in on a lot of different roles and then I was gone to college for those four years. And so, I mean, when I went to college, I knew I wanted to somehow be involved with agriculture. I wasn't hundred percent sure if I wanted to come back to the farm and actually like take over. Um, and then it was throughout college on different things that I just, I was home every weekend. That's just kind of how it was. I just would always come home, you know? And then it was just like, I just threw out all the different classes and just being away was like this, I need to return home. That's kind of what I want to do. And so that was one, for one, a big transition. And then um, when I moved home from college, uh, I just got, I was fortunate enough to get my career where I was able to come home and still be able to be a part of the farm. So I just kind of found that balance. And then just a year ago in January, my grandma passed away. And so that's kind of when the transition of all the ground and everything took place. And that's when I had to kind of step up and like out of kind of really fastly by the farm. And so it just says, it's been a lot of transitions. Um, There's been a lot thrown at me, but we're still chugging along and it's going good so far, I guess. I actually sold my my calves two weeks ago from that I weaned and everything. And in March is when I have my first like big payment due, my first farm payment, my first, you know, I have my operating loan due, I have my cow loan. And so that's a little scary. <laughs> um, I think, I mean, obviously I'll just figure out a way to make it work, but it's just like, this is, the next big transition is let's get through the first year of writing all those payments. <laughs> Let me tell you, after 20 years of farming, uh, those payments are still scary. But yeah, <laughs> what I love is that that you're doing this as a side hustle because honestly, that's the way that most uh, people have to get into. You've got your full time job that pays the bills. It's a lot of work, right? Because you get done with that, and most people, that's their life. That's their thing then you've got this whole second career of farming mm-hmm. is the thing a goal to transition into full-time farming someday absolutely I mean that's that's the reason why I work so hard at what I'm doing now that hopefully it'll pay off in the end someday hopefully sooner than later I would say my goal would be in like in five years to be able to farm full-time if not sooner but Obviously, there's just a lot of risk thrown at me super fast that 
this without you know everything going on with a, for one tackling the whole beginner farming thing just taking on all of those risks and obviously you have more expenses than you probably do income right now with trying to get started you know as soon as I had to buy the farm and then I had to buy the cows and then you got to have equipment with that and it's just like for one right now it's a super uh expensive time with not much return so uh, I, hopefully once I get some things more paid off more and you get to have a little bit more income than that, I'll be able to shuffle into the whole, this can financially support me someday. <laughs> but the whole goal with the beef business, obviously, is for one, I'm super passionate about what I'm doing. I take pride in raising some high quality livestock. My cows are like my best friends and they're my babies. And so I get to show that every day through like what I, you know, share on social media and stuff. But then by even being able to take pride in that product that we sell, that's kind of my, hopefully my niche as far as what's going to help me be able to get farming full-time sooner. So how are you balancing that full-time job of, you know, eight to five and, and doing all of that and coming home and farming in the morning at night? In between when you can do it how are you balancing all of that um I don't know I guess it's just like I've never really known any different you know it's just you just work a lot and when you love what you do it kind of doesn't really seem like that granted obviously there is some days where you're just like why the heck am I doing this but I guess the general as far as right now it of what's going on. I mean, I'm up by six every morning. I feed two to three bunches of cattle and then I go and I work full time for the day. And what's cool about my whole, my career with Prina is, you know, I get to work with farmers and their animals as well. So it's like, it's not directly my farm, but it's the closest that you can get from it. And every single person has a different way of doing things. So I just get to learn so many different things and possibly, you know, if it fits, apply it back to our farm. So then I get home, usually, I don't know, it depends on the day between four to six o'clock. And then I have to feed either fall cows or spring cows at night. And right now we're fall calving. And so if there's a new baby, then I got to process that. And like last night we have the tub grinder coming today to grind hay. So I had to get hay bales all lined up. The feeds, creep feeds coming today. So I had to get the creep feeder all ready and we're preg checking cows on Friday. So tomorrow. And so now I got to get the shoot ready tonight. And it's just, you know, it just depends what's going on. And after work, I just, do whatever I need to. It's kind of, it's, I, I don't like that it gets dark so early this time of the year because I get home and it's like, I have an hour of daylight and then everything else has to be done in the dark. So you have to pick and choose like, okay, what do I need light for? And what can I turn the lights on for and keep doing once it gets dark? <laughs> Ellie, how old are you? I am 24. 24. You can't legally rent a car yet, can you? No, <laughs> no. So I've been out of college okay. for two years now. Yeah. So I'm 46, right? I am uh, much older than you. And yeah. I had a goal to buy a farm before I was 40. I bought it at 39. It was 39. And as I'm sitting here at 46, I wish I would have done it sooner. But at least I had that hard goal that kind right. of my hand to do it. Are you thinking that far ahead? Are you putting some goals in place to kind of force yourself to progress? Um, yeah, so I guess I didn't really have a goal of like when I wanted to buy my first farm, but basically just due to a bunch of 
unforeseen circumstances. It happened a lot faster than I thought. So it was kind of like a, uh, you need to figure this out now or it's gone type deal. And that basically, I guess I would say our transition of things was on November of this, this past year. So next month will be like a year on transition of things. That's when like, you know, the new cows came in and we transitioned on different feeder cattle that we brought in. And I just, there's been a lot thrown at me in this past year. And so like my whole goals have basically gotten thrown out the door. Cause it was like, all right, just figure out how the hell you can make it right now. And now I just, a year later, it's like, okay, we're kind of figuring this out. We're getting in the groove of things. And I've kind of gone back to the drawing board of like, all right, by this time I would like to do this and this. And so my goal was to hopefully have the beef business by this next spring, you know, by June, July of this year. Well, all of a sudden it's happening in like November, like next month. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, so that's the next thing we got to tackle. And then, uh, I mean, my goal is to get to 200 cows someday. And so, you know, I need it. I, I don't really have a timeline of when I can get another hundred cows in this area. It's more like, where can you find pasture and when? So if I can find some more pasture, that's the goal to get to that kind of a number. And, um, I don't know, it kind of, I'm just more, I've learned, I definitely wasn't a year ago, but in the past year, I've just kind of been like, you just kind of got to take it by the day and roll with what comes at you. <laughs> Cause there is a lot of like, blessings in disguise and a lot of unforeseen opportunities that like if I just wouldn't have been open to change basically things wouldn't be the way that they are now and so what's really cool about my career is I there's so many different people I know and there's so many different networking that I take place with it that you never know when someone's going to come up to you and be like Lily do you want to do this like last spring for instance somebody asked if I wanted to cab out 120 of their cows and I was like uh maybe and then I like thought about it a little more and I did I kept hard to get you know like so <laughs> you just kind of figure it out I guess you know some people come up to me every day and they ask do you want to do this you want to that last just this week actually I got a call where it was like hey do you have a place for stocks for 450 cows that you can just keep until they cab and I was like um as of right now no but let me do some thinking you know what I mean so <laughs> Just kind of, I just roll up with it every day because it kind of changes really fast. Well, it sounds like you're really good at just taking opportunities when they come to you and when they arise and you have no problem saying no ever. <laughs> <laughs> I try to, I guess it's some days it's a lot, but like I mentioned before, I just, I don't really know any differently. That's just, it's just how it's always been, you know, and I enjoy it obviously so a lot of times it doesn't seem like work and people are like don't you get you know like seven or eight o'clock every day you're still working and I'm like I guess yeah that's just how we do it farmers <laughs> work a lot let's talk about your job with Karina your nutritionalist how has that gone this year with the old uh, COVID lockdown thing oh my gosh it's not it's it's way different so when March hit um we actually were we had to work from home basically and that is incredibly difficult with my career because 95 percent of what I do is on the farm so farm calls with different producers and so when that switched it was just like oh my gosh you know you had to just guess kind of think outside of the box on how you can still connect with your producers so a lot of it was over phone calls and stuff but 
Zoom became a thing. Not that I would be Zooming with my like farmers and stuff because you just know, I don't know. It depends on the person that you're working with and what generation they're in, but there's still quite a few older generations and they are not technology advanced at all. And so that was definitely difficult. We did a lot of phone calls and stuff. And then after Memorial Day, we were part of like phase one that started returning back to the workforce. But then now it's all on just appointment only. And so for me, that's fine to a certain extent. But also when I moved home two years ago and I started my career, they kind of created my position. So I wasn't given like a set customer base of people I had to maintain. Everything that I've done is all new business. And so usually 80 to 85% of what I do is still like cold calls or prospecting. So, you know, I'm driving down the road and, oh, there's some cows or, oh, there's a feedlot. I'm going to pull in here and see who it is and what they are and what they're doing. Well, with the COVID stuff, I am, you know, technically not supposed to be doing that. And so it's been in sales world, a lot of pre-call planning, you know, calling ahead and just trying to figure out different ways that you can still kind of keep trucking forward. Although it's absolutely way more difficult and it's just different from what it was before pre-COVID. Here's the thing, you know, we can tell who's sitting where on the screen and that. So I can tell when Emma looks over to me and when you were talking about old people not figuring out technology she looked over at me and she laughed like the hardest she's laughed this whole interview <laughs> you care to comment on that i mean i i was i just slipped over at lily i wasn't looking at you at all a <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, smart comeback from you rob <laughs> <laughs> I think you're doing great. Camera is <laughs> on you and it's working. So you figured it out. <laughs> That's all that matters. Um, you want to do some rapid fire questions, Rob? Uh, sure. Do we have any or are these just off the top of our head? Shoot them off the top of your head. I have a few if you'd like, but. Okay. Well, I can come up with them. So you, you start. Oh gosh, this is kind of nerve-wracking. Don't think about anything, just answer them as they come to you. Um, in the heat of harvest, would you rather be in the combine or the grain cart? Um, I guess, so grain cart, because that's just what I run. I think it'd be cool to do the combine at some point. I just, I, that's not my job. You know, I think I'll be able to be taught it at some point. And one time I did it, like a couple of rows, but then I had to switch back to the grain cart. So now all I do is a green cart. Someday maybe I'll run the combine. Okay, yes or yes or no question. Are you aware that you're calling it by the wrong name and it's actually an auger cart? No. <laughs> is that a difference? Is it okay, no, that's how you call it or what? <laughs> it's green cart around here. <laughs> <laughs> difference in slang, I guess. No, that's <laughs> Talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is the worst and best jobs on the farm? Um, the best job by far is just when I get to hop on my horse and go out in the pasture and check cows and pears because for one, I'm on my horse. Two, 
I get to look at all of my cows and they're just out on pasture and there's timber and right now the leaves are changing and it's just so pretty and it's so relaxing. It's kind of like my little escape. Uh, I'd say the worst job is probably power spraying. I mean, cleaning off equipment right now, my feed wagon and skidler are pretty dirty and that might be a job on the agenda this weekend, but it's been put off the past couple of weeks because I'm like, oh my God, I don't like doing this. But it's one of those things that you just got to do. If you take care of your equipment, it'll take care of you. It's just, it's not fun when you have to do it. Okay. Um, gosh, Emma, now you got me all flustered here trying to come up with rapid fire stuff. <laughs> How horrible of a co-host she is. <laughs> okay. You're, what do you like better, crops or cows? Cows. 100%. I honestly, if you want me to be honest, I could, I don't give a crap about crops unless it pertains to feeding my cows. <laughs> like the agronomy side is the low end of the totem pole. And I can 100% say I don't really know anything about it at all. Because I've tried. Well, I guess I haven't tried that much. But it just doesn't click to me the way that it does when like, you start talking nutrition to cows or genetics or certain things. And I, some smart stacks number, I'm like, what? Like, as long as it just grows and it feeds my cows, that's all that matters to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, uh, favorite snack in the tractor or even on the run when you are, you know, visiting farmers. Favorite snack. Um, I'm pretty set on like some sort of protein bar, which are like, oh, healthy, but I don't know. I, I have one like at least once a day, if not more. And I have a pretty good homemade recipe that I usually have always in the fridge or I'll just go and grab whatever I need. But that and cheese, I just, I am a big fan of cheese. I usually have it for breakfast because why not? I just love cheese so much. <laughs> cheese sticks, you know, so summer sausage and cheese, I don't really care what it is. I just really, I can get a whole block and just eat it. I love it. Uh, you ever try that Velveeta? Uh, yeah, that's not necessarily cheese. <laughs> it never molds. It never molds. I mean, you got that. All right, a uh, uh, question for you. Do you know any other females that are kind of doing the same thing that you're doing in your area? No, I mean, I guess there's some, there is, yes, I probably can think of a couple that I guess do it to the extent of what I do. There's a lot of like wives and stuff where like during harvest, maybe they'll like rain, run the green card or they'll bring field meals and stuff. But I guess I don't necessarily know anybody that does like the financials to the everyday work to anything in between to the, what the extent of what I do, but I don't let that stop me. <laughs> you know, I work in, especially with what I, you know, farming for one. And then in the career that I do, you know, you can sometimes get the whole female aspect thing in it. And I just say, just, just watch me. I can do it. <laughs> Does that intimidate you at all? Um, being a female working in egg and also in, in a career in egg that you're driving into farms sometimes that you don't even know the farmer. Does that ever intimidate you or anything? I don't know if 
intimidate would be the word. A lot of times it kind of frustrates me for like instance on my on with my career if I pull in somewhere depending on who it is, but there's been certain instances where they, you know, they don't flat out say it, but you definitely get the vibe where it's like, you're a girl, you don't know what you're talking about. And it, it just kind of frustrates, it frustrates me, but then it, you know, it encourages me to work that much harder to really show and prove like, no, I do do this. You know, like I, you know, this is what I do every day too. It doesn't matter that I have, you know, that I'm a girl. And so, um, yeah, that aspect is more frustrating than intimidating, I guess. But a lot of times I just tried t- turning it around and using it as like an encouragement to just kind of keep pushing and showing people that, you know what, you can do this. So I do get some weird looks sometimes, like if I'm going through town and with the tractor and the bail wagon or if like I go to the gas station quick, you know, when I'm just covered in poop or something. And I'm just like, oh, what the heck? But whatever. <laughs> I think a lot of people have gotten used to it now, but in the past couple of years, it's been, uh, I guess people are just like, I can't believe she's really doing that. I went to an event one time and it was a deal where they rented a house and there was like 30 farm wives and I wanted to give their a speech. And I'll never forget, I, I opened the door and I'm sitting there and they're all looking at me. It was like one of the most intimidating times I've ever been in because I felt so out of place. I you've got to you've got to run into a lot of that because of you know agriculture is just so male dominated. I mean, Absolutely. does that ever get to you? There is days, yeah. Like for one time, um, I was on a farm and the guy's like, "I bet you don't even know what a pitchfork is," and I was like, "Excuse me, yes, I do. I have pitchforked out our milk barn." of times you know it's like you get comments like that and you're just like I don't know I've gotten a lot better at handling it I guess sometimes if they do if somebody asks me a question you know that I don't know and then they're like oh she's a girl and she doesn't know that used to kind of get me discouraged but I've kind of just the sad part is you kind of just get used to it it's just kind of how it is <laughs> and I try to share and like be open and encouraging of like what I do do to, so then it can just bring more awareness that there is some people that do this and it's okay you know <laughs> they do a good job too like girls can do it <laughs> you can always offer to show them where to stick that pitchfork yeah <laughs> that would have been a good one I wish I could think of that on the fly oh yeah so it just depends on the day I guess and who you come across Well, you sound like you've really got a strong head on your shoulders, Lily, um, and a really bright future ahead of you. But thank you so much for being here and just sharing your experience um, so far back on the farm. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.